God bless you this morning. I hope you are knowing deep within your heart that the Lord Jesus Christ not only is alive, but that he loves you, that you matter to him, that the things that are going on in your life, he is aware of, and he has the ability to give you peace, to press on through, but he also has the ability to bring a breakthrough, to change the circumstances. We gather in his name today. We gather in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you have your Bible, and I want to ask you to join me this morning in turning to the New Testament, to the book of Acts, and Acts chapter 4. There's a word that has been stirring in my spirit for several days, and I've I've just been asking the Lord, how am I to say this? How do you want this to be expressed? And I'm praying that he'll help me to get it out today. I pray that you will pray as I'm trying to express this to you. Here's the theme. Here's, here, here's the heart of it. When you're up against it, when you're up against it, what then? You don't have to live very long in this life. To, to realize that sooner or later, there are some things that are going to come against you to present themselves in opposition to you as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he didn't say that the way would always be easy, but he did say there'll never be a split second when I will not be with you and my power will not be available to you. When we find ourselves in Acts chapter 4, we're stepping into a situation where Peter and John, two of the followers of Jesus, two of his apostles, now filled with his spirit, filled with the spirit of Jesus, and able to do things that, and say things and be bold and be steady in ways that they had not been able to be, as was the case that we remember so vividly with Simon Peter when, when he when he denied the Lord. But everything's different now. Everything's different now. This, this stream behind me, and I don't, don't worry about the background noise as that, as that water is flowing over these rocks. I'm, I'm, I'm standing here for a reason because that stream, that creek that it flows down into the larger Gallatin River down the valley, that is a symbol of the flowing river of the life of the Spirit of Jesus that he wants us as followers of him to know and experience and be able to tap life from and strength from. He said, if anybody's thirsty, if anybody has a soul that's thirsty, come to me and drink of me and out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. There's nothing dead about this water. Every part of it is moving. The trout are facing upstream because everything, all the nutrients, all the bugs, whatever they'd be wanting to feed off of, it's coming downstream because the water is alive. The water is moving. The water is living. That's what happened to Simon Peter. And that's what happened to the early church when they had been so captivated, captured by their fears if, if what had happened to Jesus suddenly came to, to be their lot, to be their fate, that they would find themselves hanging on a cross. How could they step out of their homes and be publicly acknowledging that they were a follower of Jesus? They couldn't do it. They couldn't open their mouths with, 
with strength and courage and conviction until they were filled with the Spirit of Jesus. And Jesus speaks of what the Father wants all of us to experience. And if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, Jesus said, how much more will the Father who is in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who are asking him? When we get thirsty, when we get up against it, when we've got loud, big people saying strong, wrong things to us, against us, because of just trying to do what's right, just trying to, to honor the Lord with the way that we would live our lives, with the words that we speak, the choices that we make, but somehow, for some reason, they find it within themselves to feel like they are supposed to oppose that. Where do we get the strength? What do we do then when we find ourselves up against it? That's where we're headed today. I just want you to follow, let, let, let me summarize just real quickly. Peter and John are in trouble because the power of the Lord flowed through them to heal that crippled man that, that was 40 years old, had never walked a day in his life, and he was, you remember the story, they were going into the temple, he asked them for, for help, he asked them for alms, for alms for the poor. That was just something that, that people would do as they would go into the temple to worship. The poor people would line up and they would ask to be helped. And from the mercy in the hearts of the people going to worship, the poor would be taken care of. They didn't have any kind of social security in those days. They didn't have any Medicare. They didn't have any governmental support. It would just come from the kindness of the people helping them. So, so Peter and John are going into the temple that they are engaged by this crippled man. And you remember that, that wonderful statement that, that Peter made. Peter said, this is Acts 3 verse 6, I do not possess silver and gold. I don't have any money. But what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene walk. And that crippled man who had never taken a step in a day in his life, he, he began to experience strength in his legs and balance in the, in the top of his body. And he, he stood up to his feet and he began to walk. And it says he began to leap, jump, and praise the Lord. Well, a, a, a crowd gathered. They, they knew this man. And, and the man was just was just going crazy with joy. And he was clinging to Peter and John and, and, and letting everybody know, these men helped me. These men did something for me that nobody else has ever been able to do. And, and Peter found himself in a difficult position. He, he wasn't wanting to take the credit, couldn't take the credit for what the Lord had done. So here's how, part of his explanation as to what happened. This is chapter three, verse 16. Peter says, and on the basis of faith in his name, it is the name of Jesus, which has strengthened this man whom you see and know. And the faith which comes through him, through Jesus, has given him this perfect help in the presence of you all. He, he explained it. It's Jesus. We spoke the name of Jesus into this man, and the change has come in his life. I want to encourage you, wherever you may be, whatever your lot in life may be, whatever your station may be, you may find yourselves in a place where, where something impossible, someone in a difficult situation, some unsolvable problem, even at work, it may be logistically, it could be any number of things, but you're there looking at an impossibility. You know you don't have the strength to fix it, but it rises up within your heart and maybe you speak it out loud, 
but maybe you just speak it in your spirit into the situation. Jesus, I speak the name of Jesus into that situation. Folks, I've heard of businessmen in, 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 in important levels of corporate influence finding themselves in settings where they didn't know what to do, but there needed to be some decision made that would affect the company. It could affect thousands of lives. And as men in touch with the Lord in a setting like that, totally secular, not, not, a, not a Bible in the house, but the life of the Spirit of Jesus speaks to their hearts just to say, speak my name, speak my name, speak my name. Ask me, ask me. And I've, I've heard the stories again and again of men who walked into meetings, women who walked into meetings, not having any idea of how a problem could be solved. And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about a Bible verse problem. I'm not talking about a theological problem. I'm talking about something very specific or very practical, like this man. That, that, that this man had a practical, physical health problem. But the Lord had an answer for that health problem. Don't you leave Jesus out of any part of your life. When you speak his name and speak unto him, Lord, is there anything you want to say to me? Is there anything you want to give to me in understanding? My ears are open. He's liable to, to just blow your hat in the creek by giving you insight as to how to solve the problem, giving you the next step in the equation, giving you something that only could have come from, from his heart, his mind, his ability to touch and change because he's in charge of everything. There's nothing he doesn't know. There's nothing he can't fix. There's nothing beyond his reach. There's nothing that is too complicated for him to see clearly the solution for. That was Simon Peter. That was John. And that's why these guys were in trouble. It, it, it royally angered the religious police, the religious establishment, the Jewish religious establishment. They didn't like Jesus of Nazareth because he wasn't one of their boys. He didn't come up through their system. He was God come out of heaven onto this earth. He had created everything that is and they thought they had studied everything there was to know about God. And here comes God staring them in the face in a human body with words, with hands, with, with, with feet to walk, to carry him into places. And they would hear stories about how he would help people, how he would, he would restore broken lives. He would, give, he would give hope to ones who had no hope. And instead of saying, you know, that... That seems like God. That seems like a loving God. That seems like the God we worship. They began to say that Jesus wasn't God at all, but that he was empowered by the devil. God showed up to the religiously elite, and the religiously elite didn't recognize him. They, they, didn't, they didn't know him. They didn't want to know him. There would be some within their group, Nicodemus being one of them, that would be drawn to the kindness of Jesus, the, the, the love that they would, would sense coming from him, the wisdom, the knowledge that would flow out of this young man, God in a human body, and they would be drawn to him. But the, the majority of them rejected Jesus. And as a result of that rejection of Jesus, they, they manipulated a plot to have him killed in partnership with the Romans. We're very familiar with that. They crucified him as a common criminal. 
Paul would say later, if they had just understood what they were doing, but they didn't understand it, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. Peter even here, is, he will back up. In, in Acts 3, you can find that he'll say, the leaders didn't understand what they were doing to Jesus. They, they, they didn't understand who he was and, and they didn't realize the, the repercussions from what they would be doing, that who he actually was. So the anger that had been vented toward Jesus was now being vented toward Peter and John because they were standing in the name of Jesus. And they were speaking the powerful name of Jesus and result was, results were coming forth that, that defied any explanation, that were not natural, that were not normal. I, I know I keep coming back to this, but I'm telling you folks, you've got a secret weapon. You, you've got a powerful, powerful thermonuclear weapon when you understand as you embrace in faith who he is, what he has done and who he is now. His name is the name that is above every other name. The scripture says that every knee one day is going to bow and every tongue one day, every tongue, every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You are armed and ready for anything that comes your way when you understand the one who has bought you with his own blood, who has come to live inside you by his spirit and has given you his name to speak. Use it often. Use it with great, with a sense of great preciousness, with a sense of great cherishing as you speak his name. But it's the most powerful prayer, the most powerful one word prayer that will ever be prayed. Jesus, Jesus, Lord Jesus. I'm talking to a husband who needs to pray for his wife. You don't know how to pray. You don't know what to say. Jesus does. You just speak over her, whether she hears it or whether you're at work or whether she doesn't hear it. But you speak that name in her behalf. There's a child, there's a daddy, there's a mother, there's a, there's a parent that's struggling and wondering, what, what, what do I do with my child? This one seems to have a lot of potential or this one seems to be very rebellious or this one seems to be interested in different things and I can't control them. You can't but Jesus can. Listen, we've said that he, he, it's not the earthly Jesus anymore. That's not who we're talking to. We're not talking to the Jesus who grew up in Nazareth. We're not talking to the Jesus who still has a human body and who can get weak and who can get hungry and who can get tired. Even though he did awesome things and mighty miracles flowed through his hands and through his mouth, as a human, as, as God in a human form, he is no longer in a human form. He is no longer in a human body. He has been re-exalted to the position that he had with the Father when he was the one that the Father commissioned to step out onto nothing and to speak creation into existence. Jesus is the one who said, let there be light. Let there be, let there be, and everything has come into being. That is the Jesus 
who has been restored to all the authority that he had before he ever emptied himself and became a human baby and grew up as Joseph and Mary's child and went to the cross. He's not that anymore. He's not a baby in a manger. He's not still dying on a cross. He's not a body still in a tomb. He's alive and recrowned, rethroned. He is the captain of the angel armies. They, they, they wait for his beck and call. They wait for his instructions. I could go on and on and on and on about that, and, but, but we need to come back to this because it, 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 Peter and John, they understood that. They understood that this was the resurrected Jesus, that this was not the same Jesus who had allowed himself to be nailed on a cross. That's what he did to accomplish forgiveness and to defeat Satan and to buy our freedom he is no longer suffering. Jesus is no longer in any form of limitation. He is full authority. He is fully God. He is, has all power. And he's the one who has poured out his spirit inside of us to live in his strength, to go forth in, 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 in the abilities that he alone could impart to us to do. He could take our, our, our cowardice and turn it into a, into a lion's heart as he did with Simon Peter and it was that Jesus that they knew healed that man. It wasn't what they did or anything magical about them. They understood it was Jesus. So here come, here come the religious authorities. They don't have a clue. They don't have a clue the authority and the might that is in the name of Jesus now. They, they, they think that their power, their words, what they can see, that the, the strong men strong people, wrong words. But they had the authority to bring charges against, to bring an arrest warrant against, and to throw Peter and John in jail because they didn't like what had happened to the, to the crippled man and, 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 and what Peter was saying, that it was Jesus who had done it. It was, the, it was Jesus. It was the name of Jesus that accomplished this. So, so let, let me go with me to Acts chapter 4. Find this in your copy of the scripture. It came about, this is verse 5. It came about on the next day that the rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem, and Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and all who were of high priestly descent. The reason those names are significant and the reason we take time to read them this morning is because those were the names of the very men who scared the liver out of Simon Peter when he understood that they had ganged up against Jesus, there was a loyalty to Jesus, but there was a fear to be known, to known as one of his men on that night of the betrayal. But now it's different. Same, same cast of characters. Same cast of characters, including Simon Peter. Verse seven. And when they had placed them, placed Peter and John in the center, they began to inquire by what power or in what name have you done this, the healing of this man? Then Peter, I notice this, then Peter, this time not filled with himself, but filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus poured out upon him, given to him, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, verse nine, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man, as to how this man has been made well, let it be made known to all of you and to all the people of Israel 
that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. He is the stone. Jesus is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, and which became the very cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Verse 13. Now, as they observed the confidence, the boldness, another part of that is the word freedom, as they observed the freedom, absolutely absent of any intimidation by the powers arrayed, the earthly powers arrayed in front of. It was as if those that Peter was speaking to were nothing out of the ordinary. They were something only of a human origin, but nothing more than that. As they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were marveling and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in reply. They gathered among themselves, what are we gonna do? We gotta stop this. We gotta make, make them quit uh, carrying this message about the resurrection from the dead and about this power in this, that in this one called Jesus. We've gotta stop that. Verse 18 or verse 17, but in order that it may not spread any further among the people, they said among themselves, let us warn them to speak no more to any man in this name. Let us warn them to speak no more to any man in this name. And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge, for we cannot stop speaking what we have seen and heard. We cannot stop speaking what we have seen and heard. Now, that, that, it's an interesting arrangement in the language, how the words are put together. It's as if Peter is saying, we don't have the power to shut up. We can't stop speaking. We don't have the ability to turn the ignition off. It's so real, it's so strong, it's so vivid, it's so part of, it's so much a part of the life that is within us that we don't have the power to shut up. Have you ever known any time like that in your life? Where you, you, folks would just tell you, you're crazy, be quiet, get off of it, back down, leave it alone. But you couldn't, you couldn't. You know what that is? That's, that, that's not religion. Religion with the system of you better do this and you ought to do that, or this gonna cost you this if you don't do it. Religion doesn't have the power to do this. It's only by the power of the flow, of the flow. You see that? Of the flow. You, go, you can't stop that creek. You can throw rocks in it. You can pile dirt up on it, but it's going to find a way to go around. It's that same, this river of living water. And I'm not saying that everybody's supposed to turn into a wide-eyed fanatic and, and be going crazy and blabbering your mouth all over the place all the time. No, but it's in the points 
where God has placed you in the lives of people, in settings where he has put you, that there can come to be such a sense of freedom. If these guys weren't, they weren't mad, they weren't angry. It was as if this was just life, the freedom of life flowing up out of them as they spoke of their friend, as they spoke of their savior, as they spoke of their Lord Jesus Christ. Well, it goes on to say that, that, um, that they threatened them, verse 21, when they had threatened them further, they let them go, finding no basis on which they might punish them on account of the people, because they were all glorifying God for what had happened. For the man was more than 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. And when they had been released, they went to their own companions. Now watch this, folks. Watch this with me. When they had been released, they went to their own. And that literally is how it stopped. They went to their own and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they had heard this, when those that they reported these things to heard this, they lifted their voices to God, all of them, the senses. It's, it's a community prayer. It's, it's the group, the, 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 God's people knit in the heart. And they lifted their voices to God with one accord and said, O Lord, it is thou who didst make the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by thy Holy Spirit through the mouth of our father David, thy servant, did say, why did the Gentiles rage and the people devise futile things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly in this city, and stay with me because we want to come back to this. For truly in this city, there were gathered together against thy holy servant Jesus, whom thou didst anoint, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever thy hand and thy purpose predestined to occur. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that thy bondservants may speak thy word with all confidence while thou dost extend thy hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of thy holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit filled again. They were filled on the day of Pentecost, but now there needed to be another filling for the boldness to return, for the freedom to stay in place in their hearts. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. That word boldness again has as its root the word freedom. They were set free from fear. Therefore, hesitation to speak with freedom was absent and they were able to speak boldly and clearly. Okay, here's where I want to, I want you to just go with me here for, for, for a minute, for a minute as we wrap this up. When you're up against it, when you're up against it, for taking a stand, for living the life that you feel like you need to live, and, and in this case, this is an example of, of, of a major blowback, a major pushback from strong, wrong people. What do you do? We look at what they did. We look at what Peter and John did. Step number one, step number one, step number one, find your people, find your people, find your people. The Lord never sent his men out by themselves. 
He always sent them in pairs. Throughout the course of the New Testament, in, in Paul's journeys, he never went by himself. He would get left alone in prison by himself from time to time. But it was always his understanding that the plan of God, the way of God, is that those who would be following him and being sent out would at least go out in pairs and sometimes more. Find your people. It says that, it says that as soon as they were released, they went to their own. That they, that they, they found the ones that they shared a common heart for Jesus with. They were ones that somehow their spirits were just drawn to. They were ones that they would have the sense that they loved the Lord, they wanted to, that they were wanting to walk with God, that they could hear the Lord. And there was something about being around these ones that they went to that refreshed them that refreshed them. If you're going through it, if you are up against it, God does not intend for you to walk through that season by yourself. Find your people. Find your people. Who is it that you know loves the Lord, cares about you, hears from God, and when you get in their presence, there's a refreshing. They don't have to say much. It doesn't have to be a big fancy meal or a big gathering. But just being in each other's presence, you come away from it refreshed. Folks, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I would not be standing here today without there being people God had put in my life that for some reason loved me. I'm not talking just about blood kin. I'm thankful for that. But I'm talking about some men. And I'm talking about some godly sisters in Christ who at the time I really needed them, somehow they were there. It might have been a phone call. It might have been a text. But many times it would be just them showing up, finding me, or me having a sense that I needed to get with them because the loud noises of the liar, the devil, can beat us back into submission with his powerful words, with his threats. That's what was coming against Peter and John. It was the threats of these powerful people. You saw what we did to, your, to the one you're following. You just watch what we're gonna do to you. There can be the impact of words, words, have a life of their own. When they're spoken, they, they, there's power generated. Find you people. We got permission from this statement, from, from what, what these did, what, what Peter and John did. We, we have permission and we need to understand it, that the Lord has wired us to need each other. Who are your people and why are they in your life? Why are they there? Galatians 6, 2 says that, that we are to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Goes down a few verses later and it'll say, but each person is to bear his own burden. Each person is to bear her own burden. There are two different words for burden. 
The first word is a word that means a cargo ship load, that we are to bear one another's burdens, those burdens that are too great for one person to bear. That's why others are gonna have to get, be brought near and help bear that load. The other one is, is a soldier's pack load, that each, each soldier is going to need to bear his own load, his own burden. It's a completely different word. It's a day pack. It's, it's, it's what one person is supposed to carry. We can't carry all of everybody else's burdens, but there are some folks that unless God brings people into our lives to walk through some seasons with us, the weight of those burdens would crush us. But here, Peter and John, they, they went to their own. They found their people. Why? Because they needed the support. They needed the encouragement. They needed to hear the voices. They needed to hear the prayers. They needed to be spoken to by the people of God around them. Find your people. I'm, I'm not saying don't just go find a bunch of old friends. You know, old friends, if, if, if they can't speak life to you, they're not a good friend when you're going through it. That's why the urgency is for us to have to go through our, but it, it's where our, where our hearts are drawn, where our spirits are drawn. You'll know who they are. And, and instead of trying to gut it out, do it by yourself, be on your own, the way God wired us is to need each other. We are a part of his body. You know, this, this finger can't do everything that that little finger can do, and, and, but, but this knee is going to need the help of this hand in order to, to scratch an itch or, or, to, or to take care of something and push something back that's coming against to hurt that knee. We are designed to need each other. There is no such thing as a healthy lone ranger in the body of Christ. Some folks can go out and be less dependent upon other people for maybe longer periods of time. But even the Apostle Paul, there's stories where say he would come back from those missionary journeys and go through the things that he had gone through. But it says in one occasion in Acts chapter 14 that he came back to Antioch and he was with those disciples. He was with the, the family of God for a long time. He needed their encouragement. He needed their refreshment. You, you keep that. See, I'm just saying this. I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but I'm telling you this is the truth. Somebody is listening to this, and there is something that you're going through that is just about to crush you. You don't know if you're going to be able to survive, to live through it emotionally, whatever the dimension would be. And it may very well be that that weight is so crushing because you were never intended to bear it alone. But if you don't tell somebody, if you don't find your people and tell your people what's going on, exactly as Peter and John did, how are they going to know? How are they going to know, the ones that will have mercy on you and have compassion and have ability to speak life, how are they going to know you're going through what you're going through if you never tell them? There's, there's instruction here. They got released. They were threatened. Powerful people speaking wrong things, specifically against them. But they went to their people. They told them, and their people began to take up the cause. The prayers were lifted up. They were held up. They, they, it was as if they were saying, being told, you're not crazy. Peter, you said what you needed to say. 
You got to have somebody. It helps to have lips and, and, and voice speaking that into our ears. You, you're not crazy. You, you weren't wrong. They're saying you're wrong, but we're telling you, no, that was the right place. You, you stood up for truth. You stood up for what was right. You, you didn't back off from the name of Jesus. That was right, Peter and John. That was right. That was right. That was right. Folks, we need those kinds of voices spoken into our lives, especially when we're going through difficult times. And I just want to say to somebody who may be listening to this, you can wonder, well, where are God's people? Why aren't they, why aren't they coming to encourage me? Well, have you said anything? Have you let anybody know? We supposed to be able to read your mind? We, we, we can't. Our phone numbers haven't changed. Our email addresses hadn't changed. Street address hadn't changed. We would be blessed to know that you need us to pray for you and love you, but we can't guess. Let us know. You see, that, that was the deal. Peter and John went straight to them and told them what had been said against them. And the result was encouragement came. All right, I'm, I'm gonna, I got one more thing to say. The next thing they did, you, they, they went to their people. They went to their people. They found their people. They found their people. <laughs> and they turned up the music. They turned up the music. They turned up the music. The people, Peter and John's people, the lovers of Jesus, who identified with what those two brothers were going through and met them at the place of their of, of their concern and, and what was coming against them, they turned that time together instead of a complaining, woe me, what's becoming of us? It's all over. They just turned up the music. They turned up the music of praise. They started loudly and boldly and consistently giving praise to the one whom they knew had all authority, whom they believed were really in charge, that the big mouths and the loud mouths with the earthly temporary authority were not ultimately in charge. When you say, well, Pastor, why are you saying they turned up the music? Well, I can just tell you why, because if you find your way to Psalm 146, Psalm 146, if I can find it in my Bible, you can too. Psalm 146, that, that one statement where they say, Lord, you are the one who created the seas, you created the earth, you created all that's in it. That is, a, that is a quote, that is an excerpt from a song from the Psalms, the book of Psalms in the Old Testament. It's the only Bible they had at this time. But listen to this song. Listen to this song. Praise the Lord, Psalm 4, 146, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord while I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Do not trust in princes, in mortal man, in whom there is no salvation. His spirit departs. He returns to the earth. In that very day, his thoughts perish. How blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven, here's their excerpt, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. 
The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises up those who were bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord protects the strangers. He supports the fatherless and the widow, and he thwarts the way of the wicked. The Lord will reign forever. Thy God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. When they were up against it, when they were needing to rise above the pushback of strong, wrong people, they turned up the music. They turned up the declarations of praise. It clears the atmosphere. It determines and declares which side you're on. And better than those two, praise invites the presence of the king. The scripture will say, David will say, he sits enthroned on the shouts of praise. Another place will say, he inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits the praises of his people. There's something about when God's people get together and it is a knitted group of ones who share the same heart, who are loving Jesus, but they may be up against it and they're in trouble because of their stand for what's right, because of their decision to speak truth and, and not lie and, and to speak of the things that will honor the Lord and they're in trouble. There's blowback, there's pushback for that. But when they find themselves together, when they've, when they've, when you've, when you found your people and you start turning up the music, it's amazing what happens to hearts that have been discouraged, the hearts that have been impacted by the threats of strong, wrong people. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. But listen, remember, they just, just let the melodies of these great old songs come forth. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not. Thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord, unto me. Turn up the music, turn up the music, turn up the music. How about this one? How firm a foundation, you saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he hath said, who under the Savior for refuge have fled? Fear not, I am with thee. Oh, be not dismayed. You remember this old great song? For I am thy God and will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand upheld by my righteous, omnipotent hand. When through the deep waters I call thee to go, the rivers of sorrow shall not overflow, for I will be with thee, thy troubles to bless, and sanctify to thee thy deepest distress. Then this verse, when through fiery trials thy pathway shall be, my grace all sufficient shall be thy supply. 
the flame shall not hurt thee. I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. And in this great last verse, turn up the music. Folks, I'm telling you, turn up the music. Turn down the whining. Turn down the what ifs. Don't give a second thought to, oh, we're all going down. It's all over. Turn up the music. The soul that on Jesus hath leaned for repose. I will not, I will not desert to his foes. That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. Turn up the music. Turn up the music. There in one place in this prayer where Peter and John and the rest of them are begging for a job transfer or praying that, 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 that all of the high priests, that family would be completely destroyed and removed. They'll go on to say, Lord, you take note of their threats. We're putting our lives, the care of our lives in your hand. And we're just asking you to give us more boldness to return to what you want us to do. Because we're believing you are in charge. That, that, that you are the strongest. You are the biggest. You have all authority. That it will turn out, it will work out exactly as you know is best. Amen. Amen. If you're up against it, if you're up against it, find your people. Don't be ashamed. Don't hold back. The Lord will show you who they are. He'll lead you to them. Their hearts will be prepared. There'll be compassion ready to receive you. Don't blame them. Don't blame them because they kind of hadn't come finding you to find you. They may not know that anything is wrong. Anything's going on. Find your people. Find your people. And watch how the Lord, watch how the Lord will use them. And the, there's, a, there's an amazing story as, as, as uh, just a brief reference in the last letter that the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, last letter in the first chapter. He makes the mention of a man, a man by the name of Onesiphorus. And he says to Timothy, Timothy, I'm praying that God will richly bless the household of Onesiphorus. For he often refreshed me. He was not ashamed of my chains. He would find me. He searched for me and he found me in Rome and he was not ashamed of my chains. And just his presence, just being with him, just looking into his face, hearing his voice, refreshed me, refreshed me. Folks, if the apostle Paul needed that in the, in the up against it times that he was going through, then you and I need that as well. And the Lord can put it in our hearts to search someone out. For some reason, Onesiphorus knew that, that, that Paul was, was needing him or could be encouraged. And he searched him out and he found him and Paul received the encouragement. Oh Lord, let us be a refreshment to people. And then Lord, would you let the ones that, 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 that you have intended to be an encouragement back to us, would you let us be open to what they would have to say in our behalf? Amen. Find your people. Find your people. Find your people. Turn up the music. Turn up the music. Second part to this next Sunday. All right? Second part to this next week. When you're up against it, what do we do? Lord, I ask you 
to take this where it needs to go in our hearts this day. Take this where it needs to go in our hearts this day. I pray that you would break us free from whatever shame or hesitation or reservation there might have been that would keep us from finding our people and letting them know what's going so they can pray, so they could be an encouragement. And then, Lord, would you help us to see how important it is that from our mouths you hear us praising you and trusting you and declaring that you are Lord of all and that we're on your side and we're believing you and that you would inhabit the praises that come up from our mouths. Bless your people, Lord. Bless this word to our hearts this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Prayer partners, if you would make your way to the front and, and be available as you so lovingly and carefully do every week to pray with the folks in the Alamo City um, Worship Center who need prayer. For those of you who like Shirley and me for these few days, we're somewhere else. We're at Northern Rockies, you know, not in our regular home where we normally would be, but but boy, we, we still need to be prayed for, just like you may need to be prayed for. Pastor Walker at alamocity.org. We have a wonderful group of godly intercessors that will take your request. Give us just enough so to know how to pray with you and, and send it to us. And we'll get right on it. We'll, we'll get right. It won't go into a stack of something and forgotten about. We get right on it. And we'll love to hear the updates as you would email us back some reports as well. Bless you for praying for us. Thank you for your financial support. As the Lord prompts you to, to, to give in this direction, you do as he leads you to do. He's sending his word. He's encouraging folks all over the place through your helping us to get the word out. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of us today. You know, the good thing is Bigfoot hadn't shown up, hadn't had a grizzly bear come up. We saw a, saw a mama sow black bear with two little old baby cubs just a few days ago around here but we made it through we're good god bless you see you next week